everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Chris Nicholson. Uh, we're going to talk about Better Call Saul, uh, Waterworks, the uh, second to last episode. Uh, Chris, what did you think? Uh, I'm happy with it. I, I, I liked it. And I'll tell you that the main thing I needed to see, uh, I needed to see some kind of plot twist. And I wanted it to be one that kind of didn't just continue this really dark, fatalistic view of human nature. And they addressed both of those mm-hmm. with having Kim confess. Yes. Well, I mean, their plot plots were going to come. I mean, there were, had to be plots, right? There had to be, there had to be a plot. There had to be, uh, you know, they had the phone call. Uh, we knew something would happen, right? He's going to get caught or he's going to die or something. He's going to, something's going to happen. Uh, so that was expected. Yes. The human nature thing is interesting. Um, at the uh, you know Kim did her nature ch- change for like because of some kind of conscious choice or was just she she just under sort of the spell of Jimmy? Well, Kim is kind of giving us this interesting case in these shows where somebody could go either one way or the other. Uh, you know, kind of the opposite of the message that it's sending us about Walt and Jimmy. You know that that they have no choice but to inevitably break bad. You know, when it comes to the main characters, the protagonists, these shows are saying some people are just bad people, bad to their core, and and that badness will be revealed no matter what they do or how how they try to run from it. Uh, but with Kim, it's giving us a very different case where it's saying Kim really could go either way. We we've said this from the beginning about Kim that she has these two sides to her. And one one side is very good, unusually good, and the other side is unusually bad. And whichever path she chooses, her good side or her bad side, she does it excellently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she mixes them seamlessly together. You know, if she's, if she's trying to do something bad, she'll, she'll know how, what her good side will do and she'll take advantage of that, you know, for some great acting. Yeah. Well, we see Kim in the last episode. I, I, th- I think it might be just a uh, Jim. I think we might just get Jimmy on the run for an hour. That's what I suspect might happen. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, would kind of be a waste. It would be a waste maybe, not to. Maybe this, maybe this is her end. Maybe she's just a. Uh, she works in Florida. Maybe that's, you know, maybe she doesn't have anything else to do. Well, it's possible. Uh, I think that we're probably going to see her again in the last episode. Yeah, uh, there's plenty more they could do with her. Yeah, that's that's right. She's she's a new. She's so she's yeah she's in Florida, uh, and Jesse's in Alaska, and those are the they're at the poles of North America. They're all the two happy endings. It's like the, the, they got far as far away from possible. So yes, we we we're gonna get. I mean, presumably Kim is gonna have something like a happy ending, right? I don't know if happy is the right word, but <laughs> some kind of re- redemption, uh, yeah. Some kind of you know, not dead and not in jail or anything like that. I mean, happy as far as the this, this show goes. Um, or she could go to jail. She could be prosecuted. It was weird when she said, you know, I don't know if they have no physical. They have a very credible confession it looks like i i don't know if yeah. they need physical evidence to convict her i thought that was a little weird yeah that that is a good question uh i, I really don't know how how the details work out y- you would think that her confession is evidence well, that's what, good enough yeah well, well what crimes have they uh, committed okay the sand like planting coke on uh 
<laughs> on uh, Howard. Well, uh, it wasn't actually Coke. Okay, so yeah, so that's not a that's not a crime. Like making him look bad, spreading lies about him is not a crime. So disposing of the body, you're an accessory after the fact. Uh, yeah, that's that's the clear. I think that's clearly that's clearly a crime if she admitted that. Um, and I mean, probably some kind of conspiracy. But to do what? You have to you conspiracy. Has well, to I mean, okay. Own. So certainly Jimmy would be caught in in like a Rico case uh, about the drugs, right? I guess. Well, the he, he okay. So he brought yeah. So he brought he brought like went to Mexico, went to the border. But uh, Kim didn't do that. Kim. Well, Kim uh, knew. Kim knew uh, about what he was doing when he was, he was going to get drugs for Lalo. Uh, she mm-hmm. she knew about all of this. Oh, you know what? Kim 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 could go down for attempted murder, pretty easily. Uh, uh, she, yeah, she yeah, right, 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 right. She tried to kill. She tried to kill Gus Frank. She, I mean, yeah, that's right. She went. Mm, I mean, that one is a. It seems. It seems. It seems hard. I don't. I don't know. It was under duress. You could imagine reasons why prosecutorial discretion. They might not uh, want to prosecute that. Um, yeah. He was a drug dealer, and it was under duress. But the one, the disposing of Howard's body, I think, is the clear, uh, clear one, and yeah. that's where she's clearly involved. And there's no, uh, you know, uh, uh, extenuating, you know, circumstances. Um, she just, you know, didn't, you know, didn't want to get caught for her bad behavior. She wasn't physically threatened or anything. Uh, oh yeah, and, I, and lying, lying to the police about it all. Mm-hmm. Yes, lying to, is lying to the lying to the FBI. Is a crime lying to local pol- uh, local police a a crime? I, 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 yeah, I, that's got to be obstruction of justice. Okay, okay. So they can they can get her if they want. Okay, I guess all that stuff is flimsy for for no physical evidence or no victim alive or anything like that except the body disposed. But okay, so maybe you know prosecutorial discretion. Like she's gonna like this is a you know if this is it, the county. I mean this could become a news story. You would think, and maybe there'd be documentaries on this. So I'm glad for Howard. I mean, I'm glad his his name was cleared up. Yeah, and of course, there's always the potential civil cases against her, which would be yes, that's what she said. Yes, she's gonna sue her for to get the water. <laughs> Howard's widow's gonna own the own the waterworks. Okay, so I I think there's loose ends here. Yeah, you're right. There's still the civil and the criminal um, potentially fallout. I don't know how much they can get to that, but I think I think they'll give us some answer. Uh, on this stuff and like whether this is going to be like a news story or something. Um, and I, I think maybe the, the big loose end might be whether Kim would ever testify against Jimmy about any of this. That's kind of the biggest loose end that, that she could fill uh, because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're no longer married. Right. And the whole point or part of the whole point of them getting married was so that she couldn't be compelled to testify against him. And mm-hmm. now she can. And it seems like she is, it seems like they're all in kind of plumb position for somebody to want to get Kim to testify. Well, what's interesting is when she when she did her when she gave her confession to Howard's widow, uh, she lied again to protect Jimmy. Did you see that? She said she, at some point she's like, "Oh, man, my ex-husband." And, you know, if he's alive, when she knew he was alive, she just talked to him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she still cares about Jimmy. I guess uh, she wants. You know, she doesn't want to say. And, and but she's not. Her redemption is not. Total because she's not, you know, she's still covering for a uh, a fugitive. Yeah, right? it's, a still good, it's a good kind of character driven loose end here because Kim is doing her best to get redemption now. 
And the interesting thing is, so far, she's attempting to get redemption only by sacrificing herself and, you know, exposing herself to all this civil liability, this possible criminal liability. But we can see that even though she's trying to redeem herself, Kim's still holding something back. What if that's holding back? Yeah. What if she lied? What if she lied in that affidavit about knowing where Jimmy was or something? And then that gets her. And then she goes to jail. That would be interesting. That would be it. That would well, be a, I, I don't think she said anything about where Jimmy is now. But if Jimmy well, is caught. You didn't read, you didn't read the affidavit. She could have said, you know, my husband, you know, she could have said, you know, I do not know his, where he is now, but this is what we did, blah, blah, blah. I guess what she told the lady. She said, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Jimmy, if he's still alive, she says. Uh, with lying to Howard's widow is not a crime, but if it somehow it was part of her legal story, uh, that could be a crime. Well, it, it could be. Uh, I just don't see in that affidavit why she would need to work in the fact that she doesn't know where he is now. She could easily just imply that. Like, well, okay. Left- the, the, FBI could, the FBI could interview her, and she could say the same thing. And then, well, she'll she- face a choice. If, if the FBI interviews her, she, she will face a choice because they will ask if she has any idea where he is. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, by that time, probably they'll have caught him. But at, at the caught point him? is, maybe not. Maybe I mean, maybe they're going to probably, probably going to go there. Yeah. But I mean, they, the, they, the they, point they, is, one way or another, there are multiple paths where Kim could face a decision. Like, do you really want to redeem yourself? If you do, you have to decide whether you're going to sacrifice Jimmy. You can't just put it all on yourself because a lot of it goes on Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I like the yeah. So this is this is the this is the her final dilemma. It's 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 good. Um, the uh, I, I was interested. J- Jimmy was going. Jimmy went in the opposite direction. You know, the, the, he, we never saw. You know, one thing I remember one of the early seasons uh, when uh, when uh, uh, when Chuck was framing Jimmy for that. Not framing Jimmy, but trying to catch him and get him on that tape recorder. Um, and then they asked him at one point, oh, did he physically assault you when he like broke the tape recorder and he broke it? He's like, oh, no, no, Jimmy has limits. And so Jimmy like would never engage in physical violence against anyone. And here we see two instances where it looks like he's about to do it. He's going to hit that poor guy with cancer over the head with his dog's ashes. <laughs> I thought he was going to. And he, all he was going to do it if, the, I guess the guy fell asleep. And then I thought he was going to strangle uh, I thought he was going to strangle what that woman's name, Miriam. I thought he was going to strangle her at the end. He was at least threatening it. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I thought that in his mind, Jimmy was just trying to scare her. It's possible. I mean, it's possible. He gives her back. He could have, he had the chance. Didn't he have the chance to, um, you know, he gives it back to her. He has the life. Doesn't he have the life alert thing or whatever? Yep. He has it for the moment, and he gives it back to her. So either he's, like, made a decision not to – or he thinks he's intimidated her, and he thinks he's won. I, I don't know. No, um, no. That was uh, – I interpret that as, like, that was a, a small moment of, of Jimmy breaking through, the, the old Jimmy, uh, the, the one with the little kindness. Uh, it, <clears> the, the key moment is when she's, she's looking him in the eye, and she says, I trusted you. And he has an emotional reaction to hearing that, and and that's what convinces him yeah. to. He has a soft spot. Always has always soft spot with the elderly. With this yeah, it, so it's it's his soft spot that really is his undoing right there at the end of that scene. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think if it had gone differently, he could have strangled her. I, I mean, he could have. I, I think it could have gone another another way. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I, I think that's a possibility. If she was going to call them, I don't know, like calling 911, I think would have been scarier than I think, you know, he, he grabs the phone. You know, this is like a level of physical coercion that Jimmy, we did not see from Jimmy before yeah. ever. It's always words with him, always using, you know, uh, words or convincing people or manipulating them. This was just, you know, he was going to use, he was going to use brute force for once. Um, and yeah, like the, the violence thing happened, you know, the close to happening twice in that episode, you see, he's just a bad guy. Now he's just like, he wants to screw over the cancer guy. Um, you know, is the, 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 the point about, uh, him being self-destructive, wanting to get caught. He like, you know, remember he like goes back, he's like about to leave. And then he like goes upstairs and has a drink and like takes out a cigar and yeah. steals the guy's uh, yeah. watch. Yeah, it was like he was practically about to smoke the cigar there. Yeah. That's what I thought was happening. Yeah. That was really, uh, yeah. I think we were getting really the self-destructive, uh, you know, we're getting the self-destructive sort of, uh, we're getting that story there. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the uh, and, and you know it, it, it's always when there's some kind of rejection from Kim. You know, uh, uh, when 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 Kim leaves him the first time, he becomes uh, Saul, right. and, and and then when Kim kind of stays gone in that phone call, he just becomes even worse. He becomes Vic Victor. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's what, what we could call him. <laughs> so he's been Victor. He calls her. He, he still uses the name Victor Saint Clair when he calls. He really loves this identity, Victor. It's like it's 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 it's, it's uh, obviously would be more uh, uh, maybe it makes sense in that situation because he wants to get through to Kim. Um, or he could have been. He could have pretended to be a, a a supplier or something. But yeah, he likes this Victor as like his alter his alter ego, and he uses it more than would be prudent given that he's you know ripping people off at, at different bars every night uh the um the password thing i mean the so so it's this is just a weird this is just a weird scam i mean maybe the whole point of the the scam is it's like it's absurd it's like that's why that's part of the self-destructiveness it's like so stupid right it's it, it strikes me as just kind of a weird conceit of the show that oh yes back during this time period this particular demographic of like lonely middle-aged white guys they they all keep all their passwords written down <laughs> right next to you know in their office <laughs> yeah so we were talking about the password thing this is about like 2000 i don't know this is what 13 or something um this is this is before so now you have the password managers on the on the elect electronic devices right um you, I think around that time, I think what most people did, what I did, is I used one password for everything, um, and later just switched to you know the gibberish things that got saved in the password manager. But that's like that a possibility was he could have ran into one of those guys who was like that, um, and he would have, uh, you know, he would have, he would have been not screwed. I mean, they still could just leave. I guess the point is it's so easy to. I, mean, I guess it's like so easy. So you know, I, one of the things about these scams. Is that one thing I think the show is, is doing or sick is that there really is a science to human nature. Like you can actually have a person who is so good at manipulating others that when they find the right target, at least, it takes the randomness out of it. Like Jimmy is good. Like he's like, you know, he's like, you have to think of him as like a savant, like a like a Mozart Mozart or something. Um, you have to think of him as like the person who can find an, another type of person who's manipulable 
and who can predict sort of with certainty through a, a complex chain of events. Like I can, you know, manipulate them in this way and then this will happen and then this will happen and this will happen. Um, and, you know, he can, uh, he can, he can just do that. And so it's not that risky for him because he's got, he's got the intuition that is so good. I don't know if it, this is, I don't know if this is like, uh, I don't know if like people this good exist. I don't know. It's like a possible question, but the, uh, but this is like a way that this could be arguably realistic. Um, I mean, no. look, he can't be so good that he can unerringly be like, you know what? I've talked to this guy uh, for a few hours now. I can just tell he's the kind of guy that writes all of his passwords <laughs> down and stores them below so, his computer. Okay. I imagine there are some guys who they can't find the passwords and they just leave in those cases. They didn't show us. They just haven't shown us those ones. (laughs) They haven't shown us those ones. It doesn't have to be. It's like, okay, the plan is if they have their passwords lying around, get them. If they don't, just walk away. He knows enough to know that they'll get drunk with him, that he can scam them into like beating him and, uh, you know, bets they'll want to drink a lot they're lonely and they'll go home and they'll be very drunk and oh he gets like he's got barbiturates too he's not just leaving it to alcohol he's not leaving it to chance he's also drugging he's drugging them um and so all he needs is they being alone and he needs them to drink a lot with him or even not even drink a lot because he's going to give them the the drugs um okay like maybe like it still seems you know still seems overly complicated and and such but it doesn't seem doesn't seem that absurd, I guess, like that somebody could be that good of a con man. Well, it's just a matter of kind of when you think about how realistic the password thing is, I guess it's just a matter of the percentages. You know, like, are, are, we, are we supposed to believe that like nine times 20. out of the 10 that yeah. you couldn't find the passwords and they're just showing us the, the one time out of 10 when they do <laughs> find them? You know, look, I, I just think that this is a conceit of the show. This is just something the show is asking us to believe people do on the regular. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, was there an era where every, all businessmen left? I mean, all like, I don't know. We were young at that time. We weren't, we didn't have stock account. I mean, maybe we did. What were, what were, what were we? we were in our mid-20s. Uh, I, I mean, it's kind of bizarre. I mean, think about how, how these guys are thinking. They're thinking, all right, uh, I can't just memorize one password and use it for everything. That would be too vulnerable. Instead, I need to have really randomized different passwords for everything. But how am I going to remember them? I need to write <laughs> them all down, and I need to tape them beneath my lamp. You know, uh-huh. but what's really the bigger risk? Well, because you think of a break-in as different from—I mean, you think of a break-in as different from a uh, like a hack, right? So you don't think of as the as the burglar coming into your house and stealing your passwords. So you're not you're not scared and, and, of that. Look, and here, here's break-in. another thing. He, he would also, let's not ignore that he would also be really screwed if he was right and they did write all their passwords down, but they just did a little bit better job hiding them. Like, what if they hid the passwords under the kitchen sink instead right. of underneath the, the office lamp? Yeah, yeah. What if, what if they hid them to... under the carpet somewhere? That would be pretty inconvenient. You want them to log, you want them by the desk. You want them to log it. You want them to log it. I guess they have to have whole offices too. Um, that they have to have you know, all, all they have to do is do a marginally better job of hiding those passwords. I know, and sometimes they do, they just don't show it, they just don't show us those cases, I guess. Right, right. Like, uh, I like this theory. What percentage of, I mean, I guess, what percentage, what's the success rate here if you just break into a guy's house <laughs> who, who is lonely and has no family and has money? Um, 
And what are the odds that he has a uh, his passwords written somewhere that you could find in a reasonable amount of time? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem very high. It seems like 10% or something. Or five percent or something. It, it seems like the yeah the miss rate would be yeah the the, the rate <laughs> they'd have to go out so many nights to get all you know they showed us like uh, they showed us like uh, all these uh, 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 yeah I mean they showed us what like six cases so if they have like a ten percent hit rate they had to have like sixty you know has the sixty marks that that Jimmy Jimmy found. Well, You're I, right. I think they showed us. They showed us a bunch of them. Uh, yeah. they, they showed us there, there was this montage, and they showed yeah, us yeah, I remember. this collection. Yeah. So what? What was the montage? Like six or seven? But if if there's a miss rate of you know if there's a high miss rate, then uh, you're gonna have to have yeah, scan- that, that would be a lot of work on his part. At, at that point, I'm not sure the hourly rate is even that great. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Jimmy Scabs. They're all like like get hit by a car so you can scab the driver out of like a few hundred bucks. Remember those early seasons slipping Jimmy where they would the guy the guys would the, well the guys would uh yeah, I mean that was the that was the the what was the, the, those guys threw him the, themselves those two ginger brothers that are friends they threw themselves in front of his car and then he has them he says get the big one and the big one was him he wants to get it on video and what are you gonna get like a thousand bucks or something you get hit by a car like that's the kind of thing that like is just you know it's just absurd it's like uh you know mike too i remember once mike was getting his like uh salary from the vet and it was like you know 500 or a thousand bucks or something i mean these these figures especially for I mean, Jimmy's going to the Mexican border to get the drugs. Hundred thousand out of seven million. I mean, that seems that seems like a low uh, commission to take all the physical, you know, all the physical risk and the, uh, uh, you know, and the legal risk too with something like that. So it's it's often you know it's often just about. I think it's the I think it's the love of the scams. I think that's part of it. I mean, I think I think we had insight into that. I brought this up before when Huel. Um, was like, man, you a lawyer, you know, what well, you know, you need to do this stuff. And then, you know, Jimmy didn't have it. That was, I think one of the, uh, I think it was this season when they were scamming or this season or last season when they were, uh, 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 setting up Howard. Like, I, I think that was like sort of an insight into like, that's, that's how the, that's how the producers see it. it it's the scamming is the point itself. Yeah. It's the, it's the Certainly chase. at this point, it's, it's not really about the money and, it, it's not even that the scamming is the point. I think this, at this point, the self-destruction is the point. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that, that would explain why. How much do you think you can get with somebody? So the password, I guess if the guy has a big stockbroker account, you can maybe uh, siphon every... So maybe it doesn't have to be that. Maybe the payoff makes sense if this guy's like got millions in the stock market and you just get his passwords and all his info. You could somehow get your hands on it. Maybe, you know, maybe the payoff here is very... Uh, is very good. Where does Jimmy? I mean, where does Jimmy know who to sell the? I mean, he doesn't have these contacts in Omaha. How does he know? He who just to, found this guy. He he, <laughs> he finds shady people, and you yeah. know there there is kind of an angle to the scam where even if they didn't manage to get the grand prize and steal the the money from the bank accounts, I think that there's also just a, a regular old identity theft angle where they're they're selling people's personal information. I don't think that's, I don't think that's that. That's va- valuable. I, I think that's. Well, I don't think it is that valuable either. But like you know, in the montage, they they sell the guy, they give the guy this information, then he gives him like a few thousand bucks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Probably the drinks is a major operating expense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're going out night after night. Uh, yeah, he's paying for his own drinks too. He's paying for you know multiple rounds of of two drinks. 
at the bar. Uh, okay, so yeah, it, it's 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 sort of on the on the borderline of you know being absurd. Or it, it's pretty it's pretty absurd, but it's absurd in a clever way, which is which is always fun. And you know, I think the absurdity is I, I guess that's part of the point of it. But it, they, you know, the show takes it beyond the point of believability. But I guess it's okay to be a caricature caricature of yourself. I guess as a, as a show once in a while. I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with that. To me, it doesn't have to be 100% believable. It can be absurd in ways that are sort of consistent with the thrust of it. It's like, okay, Jimmy is self-destructive. He does it for the thrill of the chase. It doesn't make sense from a cost-benefit analysis. Like that's true, but it's like it's taking that to an extreme, and it's beyond the point where it's believable. But you know, that's that's basically fine with me. No, the, the show has always verged into satire at points. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Selling phones. I mean, the the, the selling phone is a scam. It's like it's like yeah. It's such a uh, you know. It's it's interesting. The um, uh, so okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about. Did you know in the opening scene? Uh, did you know it was Kim when she was when it was coming up? Did you see this brunette and she's cutting something? Did you know that was Kim right away? Yeah. Uh, I could just kind of tell from the kind of OCD way she was cutting the thing and ah. the fact that I was expecting to see Kim anyway. Ah, that's good. Yeah, so I just, I'm like, well, who is this woman? And then when her husband comes in and starts talking to her, then I see, okay, um, yeah, that, that, that's Kim. That's interesting. Um, she is, uh, her world is black and white too, which is, you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the things this show does that's very cool uh, that both the you know the whole franchise does is they show sort of like normal. We talked about this before. Make normal lame people like being normal and lame. And this is sort of like a re- a different region of the country that it's sort of sk- sk- skewering. It's like instead of these like you know Hispanic uh, uh, violent subcultures or or whatever or these like criminal like meth heads in the in the American West. Uh, it's like you know these like middle class Southern people who love their Florida Gators. Um, you know these housewives who talk about you know Miracle Whip and and ice cream. Remember that scene where it goes on for a very long time where she's like, you know, ice cream. What about vanilla? What about strawberry? It goes on for like you know a minute or something, and they're talking about you know vanilla or strawberry ice cream. And then finally, Kim is like, oh, yeah, yeah, both you can't go wrong with either. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is and like this. Yeah, the sports guy, this the fat guy with the cinnabon boots, is obsessed with his college football. It, it does these things that are really cool, and I, I found that you know very fascinating. I, I like the sort of. The, like the cultural and sort of the cultural and sort of regional variation of like, you know, what, what kind of, you know, uh, subcultures they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so the ice cream thing, first of all, that's the one part where, where I was like, okay, no, this is a legitimate question. What flavor of ice cream should I get? Uh, and they are both good options. I probably would prefer the strawberry, but you know, the miracle whip thing, when, when he was talking about not being able to find mayonnaise and replacing it with Miracle Whip, I kind of got the impression that this was some, you know, allegory for how Jimmy is the mayonnaise and oh, this dude yeah. is the Miracle Whip that she's trying to replace him with, but it's not oh. very good. And, and, then, and then when he was like, you think we should give it a try? You know, I, I think that was referring to like, on a meta level, should she give dating that guy a try replacing Jimmy. Yeah. The, um, 
the uh, uh, oh, and then later when the Miracle Whip things go, they're like, "What are you thinking about, Kim?" And then she says, "Like, oh, this Miracle Whip, you know, you guys think it's good or something like that." She she mentions it. Do you remember this when when they're yeah. sitting around? The yeah, the uh, yeah, that's that's very that's very good. I thought this her her sort of reinvention of herself, like so, like when she's you know when she's uh, in New Mexico, she needs like constant stimulation like jimmy is giving that to her um she even her legal career she like needs she can't do a corporate job she needs um you know she needs to defend you know criminal defendants um here she's sort of like accepted sort of a the most like they're going out of their way to show us this is the most boring you know you know it's like the the trope of like the uh the 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 the, the card the card of like, you know, everyone signed the card, right? And it's like these people, but these people seem happy. Do you remember that one where uh uh where uh the episode where uh, Mike goes into the um uh Gus the Mad what's it called? Mad, Mad Madrigal uh industries or whatever, and like who's this guy? Like, oh, you need to sign the card. You remember when he has to sign a, they ask him to sign a birthday card for somebody? And it's sort of very similar to the scene where Kim is I guess birthday cards are like a sort of symbol for drab office life. I guess everyone is always having a birthday at some point and yeah. you're just all signing a card and writing, Oh, best wishes, you know, great, uh, you know, whatever. It's just like this, like sort of uh, like vanilla, 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 strawberry. Like these are the, the lady was so excited about vanilla. Vanilla is usually used as a metaphor for something, you know, very boring and lame. Um, and the fact that this woman is sort of very excited about vanilla and like, you know, thinks strawberry is sort of edgy is like, I think is sort of a, uh, is a metaphor for like this universe and like what, well, you know, this world that she's uh, found herself in. It, it is uh, very bland. And, and, you know, it is a nice parallel between this and uh, her leaving corporate law, because basically to kind of punish herself for what happened with Howard, for what she did she's kind of embraced an even more bland ver- version of corporate law. Yeah. I think selling law, sprinklers bland, think spl- useless corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. I think selling sprinklers a family business is uh is it is the guy the owner or is the guy just a work is she just a worker there or does her husband own it? Her, uh, her husband I don't I don't think we're told that he has any connection to that company. Oh okay. So we don't know his, he might he, we don't even know his job if he has and a job. I, I don't think they're married. They, they didn't look like they were married to me. It, it looked like they were dating and he was kind of visiting. He'd like driven over to her place. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, okay. He had driven over to her place. Okay, I thought they were married. I thought they were married. Um, I mean, they talk about, they're in the kitchen talking about, you know, I got this and that. So they're, they're a couple and they're going to this other couple's thing. Okay. Well, yeah, this guy with his tiger, you know, he's like, he's supposed to be like, yeah, he, and him, he himself is supposed to be this sort of tacky, uh, it, you know, and Kim is not happy in this world. And she wasn't, she's rarely happy. You know, she's never happy. She's only happy scamming people with Jimmy. Like her, her sort of, you know, she's not happy at Mesa Verde. She's not happy uh, at Waterworks or whatever it's called. Um, you, She's happy, I guess, defending Def- uh, doing the criminal defense stuff, I guess she doesn't seem that happy about it. I mean, she well, seems she was like, fulfilled. She was fulfilled. Yeah, fulfilled, but she doesn't smile or laugh much, like while she's doing it. Um, and she doesn't smile here and or laugh much. Um, and but like Jimmy, when she's with Jimmy, and she's like that's with joy. That's the only time we see her in her life that she has 
joy. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a tragic situation for her. She can only have joy by getting with this, you know, being with this exciting man who, who, uh, who scams people and has all these other flaws. Yeah, and, and then kind of like the, the, the pinnacle of her self-imposed punishment is when we see that this dude she's with says, yep, 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 the whole time he's having sex with her. <sighs> and remember, you know, when she, when she decides to leave Jenny, she, she says that the fundamental problem with her was that she knew that what she was doing was wrong and that it wouldn't end well, but she was having too much fun. And mm-hmm. so the way she's de- de- decided to punish herself is by stripping all fun out of her life in Florida, making it yeah. as boring as possible. Yep, yep, yep. So that's like for her. That's the ultimate punishment. Yeah. It's kind of this Greek, this Greek punishment you might see in Tartarus. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, I guess the entire sort of flow of the show is all you know very you know the, the way this is all set up you know we're, we're not doing it justice it's like you spend a lot of time in this florida universe and you see all of it you see the mayonnaise conversation you see them uh, you see the sex or you see you're here at least um you see them going to work you see the florida gators what do they call that thing where you put on your windshield so the car doesn't get uh too hot whatever the the cover the sunscreen they, something like that sunshade whatever and then you see the florida gator <laughs> just like sports again college sports like these these lame americans who are always citing each other's birthday cards they love their they love their college football right um and then you see that and you see them the you know the, the, the birthday card uh, and then you you know you have the vanilla and you know the, the planning of logistics of this uh of this you know birthday party singing happy birthday uh at at the office um uh, it's a uh, but you know what? I think those people are happy. It's not like it's not like a thing where it's portraying like this is drudgery, and that you know the average man is like suffering because he can't you know fully express himself. Like I think some kind of like liberal would would say it's like certain people like Kim and Jimmy uh, hate that world and find it boring and, and lame and and unbearable. Uh, but like for these like simple minded like <laughs> these simpletons who love their cinema but in their college football, it just works for them, right? They, they, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that we are kind of giving the impression that aside from Kim, like the rest of them are pretty content with their lives. Uh, that's just the way things should be. Uh, and and the show seems to be looking down on them a little. It's looking. Yes, this is this is the conservative. This is the conservative like. Like we we talked about the politics of the show. This is like, this is a conservative outlook. It's like there's an elite and there's masses, and like they shouldn't think too much or you know try to. They they have their nice corporate jobs and give them you know uh, basic you know uh, uh, material needs. They don't need to like they don't need like uh, fashionable you know they don't need like postmodern art or like deep reflection or anything. They don't go around thinking the corporate boss is trying to screw them or that they're victims of, you know, systemic oppression, whether racial or economic or, or any other kind. It's sort of a, um, you know, that's a, what kind of philosophy is this? It, it is, it is a human nature. It's a philosophy that, you know, acknowledges human nature, acknowledges differences, very deep differences, uh, between people based on sort of intelligence and taste and, you know, uh, you know, uh, sort of tolerance for uh, monotony, right? I, I don't know. Do you have Do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think that th- this is part of the what I sometimes call the the show's darker view of human nature. I, I think that this this is another aspect of its darker view of human nature. That so, some people are irredeemably fundamentally bad, but at least very smart and interesting, like Paul wow. and, and Jimmy. Yeah. And some people 
are just normies. That that's basically what the show is almost calling them. It's like, hey, look at these normies. That's that's all they are. That's all they could have have ever been, and that's all they will ever be. But they're ha- uh, but, but that, that, why is that passive? I think it's optimist because they're happy. Like they, they are happy with their state of the you know their their stature in, in the world. I mean, I think that's a um, they, they are happy uh, and because they deserve nothing. They they deserve nothing deeper and better because they couldn't appreciate anything deeper or better. Yeah, it's good enough for that. It's better than a world where they're going to be this miserable. Is, this, is, this is good enough for the likes of them. <laughs> yes. Why not? Why not? Like, do they have you know, to? It's, do they- it's, it's actually interesting because, you know, Jimmy and Kim, they believe that some people in the world are just marks and marks yeah. deserve yeah, to be exploited. Some people, are, some people are genuinely good. Howard is genuine, genuinely uh, good. Uh, Nacho's dad is good. So there's also that too. Not everyone is either interesting and evil or boring and stupid, right? There right. are people, but, but a lot of people are, are just nice there's... and kind and boring and stupid. Yes, of course. I think that's realistic. And that's, that's better than like world, you know, a world where like everyone is constantly, you know, the idea that everyone is constantly in psychic pain because they're not being stimulated enough and they have to work these boring corp- corporate jobs and we need a social revolution in order to, you know, give them, you know, uh, 20 hour work weeks where they can go to the opera. Like that's just like, a, you know, caricaturing sort of the liberal outlook, but that, that seems to me to be a very, a much more sort of pessimistic view. If you, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do. You're trying to, um, what from what perspective are you looking at optimism or pessimism? Is it like what's achievable? Like, yes, the liberal view is much more optimistic from that. But like, as far as like the state of the world, how much suffering and joy there is in the world, the conservative view is actually more optimistic. You know, I, I wonder. You know, the 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 kind of interesting thing about this is that it's, it's not that unusual. For, for us to see like, you know, office workers and, you know, security guards and all. But the, the kind of spin that the show is bringing yeah. to it is that it's telling us that they're all very happy with their lot. This is all yeah. they aspire to and all they dream of. That's yeah, kind of the, the interesting spin that's that it's putting yeah. on. It. Yeah, just because, bring them a uh, you know, in, in many shows, in many shows, they would have they would show us this office and it would seem like drudgery to some of the other workers, too. They wouldn't be diving into it wholeheartedly. Uh, and, and so that's why I think in some ways the the showmaker's worldview kind of mirrors Jimmy and Kim's here. Uh, Jimmy and Kim think some people are born marks and they deserve to be exploited. And here the, the showmakers, the writers and producers are saying many people, most people even, are born normies and and, and they deserve nothing nothing higher than than, than they de- they want and deserve nothing better than this life of drudgery. But it's not. I mean, it's not drudgery. They have families and they have work and they make their communities better and they're productive. Like it's not. It's only you know that judgment doesn't have to that you know negative judgment of the thing does not have to does not have to come with it. It could be like they're productive, they're content, they're happy, they're benefiting society through the corporate work. You know, they're co- you know, they're paying taxes and and contributing to GDP. Like you know, so so what's wrong? What's the problem here? Well, I think even from the show's point of view, it's a critique, though, right? Like when it says, look at what these human beings it's are. A criti- they it's are a- people who take genuine interest in debating Miracle Whip versus Mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, th- these are people that, that experience, you know, the, the heights of the emotions they're capable of when they consider whether to get vanilla or strawberry ice cream. <laughs> There's a critique there. <laughs> 
there, it, is a, it is a critique. It, is the overall picture negative is, is, is the question. Um, you're right. It's, 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 a, it's a complex. No, there, is a, there is a sense of cond- condensation. Of course, of course there is. Um, but, you know, it, the, the idea that they're good and happy is, I think, also an optimistic uh, message and that most people are trusting and and trustworthy. I, I think that's, you know, I think that's fine. You're not getting, you're not getting, I mean, I would be, I would say it's more of a critique if you it was paired by the typical, you know, liberal BS, which is that like the criminals are noble and smarter and they're all better. Like, no, like Jesse and his ilk and the people, at least Jesse before he develops and the people around him, they're just, they're just trash and they're very, and they make very stupid decisions. Remember buy one, get one free or like and when, when, when Jimmy is like, you know, they're going to, you know, he's like, nobody's going to, Kim is like, you're probably going to incentive to commit crime. But then Jimmy's like, oh, nobody's going to, act based on that and then you have this like montage you go buy one get one free and they're like smashing mailboxes and stuff <laughs> so yeah for people who don't remember there's things like again a promotion like one felony you know defend you for one felony you get one felony free or half offer or something like that and it, it inspires this like you know crime spree by these uh two two stupid guys and so like its view of criminals is is like you know is much is much worse um and so i take that as you know that it's so I, I hate that I would dislike this sort of normies are stupid if you know if that also was paired by you know criminals are somehow good or smarter or noble or see things more clearly than the rest of us. But it doesn't have that either. If everyone is sort of put on an equal footing of like equally being stupid, like there's an IQ bell curve and everyone's just stupid. But some, but like these normies at least are good compared to the criminals. They're at least decent people who contribute to society rather than take away from it. Then it's maybe an optimistic message because of the relative stature of the of the normies. Well. It- doesn't really seem optimistic to me. Like, I kind of wonder, like, I wonder what the experience was of viewing this long scene at the beginning of the episode for somebody who works in a job in an office somewhat like that. Like, I I wonder if it made them look, take a look at their lives. Like, and some people might think like, no, this is not what it's like. Other people might have been like, oh, God, Mm. this is what it's like. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe you're right. I, I wonder who the audience is for, for this this show. You're right. I think, I think this show actually is not going to reach the people. Uh, is not going to reach those normies. I don't think this show is ideally suited for the kind of people who can uh, who could be happy in in in, in this. Now, you know, I, on, I, on the I, politics I, of it all. Let, uh, let me add something before we move on on the politics of it. You know, you, you kind of phrase it as part of a, a conservative worldview. Uh, but I, I think that some socialists might also say, mm. like, some socialists might have appreciated it because they would have viewed it as a critique of capitalism, of the way that capitalism constrains our characters and constrains our intellects and interests. It, it, that would be a, a decent interpretation if there was any hint in the show that the average normie is capable of broadening his horizons to something, you know, uh, you know, something more more noble and deeper. I, I don't think there's any hint of that, you know, anywhere in the, well, in the show. Well, I, I think it's just this kind of, kind of a standard picture of how, how we're like, how the corporate world turns us into cattle and we're happy cows as long as we get enough grass and sunshine. 
yeah, but they're cattle, but they're all, but they're cattle already because the the criminals, like because it's you have to take it with its portrayal of of criminals, right? They are also cattle, and they're cattle in a different in a different way. But it, it, you know that's why it's not the, the socialist or liberal interpretation would be would be right if these you know these criminals had some kind of redeeming quality. They don't. They they, they do sometimes. I mean, like Jesse, or but it's the exception. It's not the norm. Usually, they're just you know faceless idiots who go out and you know uh, harm society and then get themselves in trouble um it, it has a much more negative and like these the, the criminal class is sort of like what liberals want to see like oh somebody is like you know who's sort of broken these chains or is like not being shaped by maybe, maybe i mean though if your socialist view is so all-encompassing enough that like oh we're all under capitalism so therefore we're all stupid and like every so you have to assume basically that like he's that they're more like philosophical communists here um who have a very deep critique of capitalism um but I think, like, I think the sort of the normie liberal, which it's hard to believe, but I think like the normie liberal take um, is that, uh, yeah, corporate life sucks, but there are authentic, there's authentic people somewhere out there in the streets, and we we don't have that. We we, we do not see that. Well, at all. I think there is this kind of angle where, when it shows us the criminal world, or at least many parts of the criminal world, uh, people like Nacho or, or or Mike, you know, at least they seem like real people. Who who think interesting thoughts and, and and like live interesting lives? Yeah, I mean you're you're right. I I, I guess yeah. I mean I, people like I mean Howard and Chuck are are interesting in there. I mean there's there's these tastes. There's these various tastes of like you know what's interesting to Nacho is not interesting to Charles McGill, right? Charles McGill likes this this appreciation of human variation. I think is also is also sort of a conservative between like there's different kinds of interesting and there's different kinds of stupid and it's, it's all there. And it's like the, it's like human nature is like different. And like, you know, the idea that's, Oh, it's capitalism shaping these differences. I, I think that that's the, you know, that's a difficult interpret interpretation. Yeah. Like, look, I, I, I don't actually think, I, I guarantee you, if we went out and interviewed uh, Vince Gilligan, he's not a socialist, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm just saying that the particular harsh view of, of the office drones that he's expressing here might be an area of overlap with some socialists. Yeah. I mean, so what, what, what do you think a conservative or libertarian who defends corporations and thinks they have a role to play in society? What, what do you think their, their story, their story is not that people are like, you know, like deep appreciators of philosophy or art, like in this corporate job, the optimistic conservative or libertarian case, when you accept corporations and you accept capitalism is like, it's good enough for people. They just want, you know, they just want to be fed and you know, the, the market works that it contributes to the economy that, that that's the, so, so how would this be? What would, what would, what would a more conservative view of corporate life look like? I guess is, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. So, you know, along those lines, you know, if somebody kind of wanted to defend the corporate system that we're shown here, they might say something like, look, these people, their lives are better and their characters and interests are deeper than this little <laughs> snippet is showing us. You know, it's, it's just showing us a very narrow glimpse into their lives. Uh, and maybe it's kind of suggesting that they're happy with all this stuff. But maybe the real reasons they're happy are all the parts of their lives that the show isn't showing us. Like family, you know, like children. Their, their family lives, you know. Yeah. And, and maybe that's where the, the depth of their character reveals itself. You know, maybe they feel real sadness and real joy at, at other moments that just don't come up in the office when they're throwing yeah. parties. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't show much of it. You're right. But it's, uh, 
you know, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't like we've talked about like the sort of the absence of children from the Breaking Bad uh, universe. So, you know, maybe it's saying that the children, maybe they would just get in the way. And I guess that's why they're not there. But, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're they're in the background, you know, and giving these schlubs something to wear. I mean, you got family, the idea that family gives you meaning is clearly a, like Mike with, you know, with uh, Kaylee and, you know, people make a nacho with his dad. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's, that could be a source that we're just not seeing it. So that, that would be the, the defenders that would be and that would be like that's enough to hold them throughout the uh throughout the day yeah it would be it would be a more i would um it'd be easier yeah, to buy you know, and you know what, one thing about it like like are, are we supposed to believe like maybe there are they do have deeper interests and, and deeper emotions than they show and they just don't like to talk about those with their with their office coworkers. you know like the, the show kind of is cut to to give us this impression that these are their deepest thoughts and, and the, the, this is really who they are and this they're happy being that way. But, you know, maybe they just don't, sh- maybe they only show the surface of themselves to their coworkers. Yeah, their depth seems to, like, okay, somebody like caring about their family and getting joy out of that. I mean, is, is that like, is that an idea that they are somehow deep and interesting? I mean, that's not a very like complex, if you, if you, if you think like people need some kind of deep complexity to be, uh, uh, to be, I guess, fully complete human beings. Just showing somebody loves their family, I don't think is enough, right? So well, just, it's not just about loving their family. It's also about worrying about their family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sacrificing and, and all that. And yeah, and so the, the corporate job is a is a means to the end. And, you know, the that gives them their meaning, I guess. That could be one way. I mean, it's not explicitly there, but I guess it could be. You know, uh, it, it, it pays the bills, but it's not life itself for them. It's the yeah, thing yeah. that enables life. And I guess the so, I guess the social I guess the socialist worldview. I mean, there's the, it has it has no right to expect that, like the kinds of things that create a functioning wealthy society are the kind of things that make people experience great emotional depth in their day to day lives from nine to five. You know, eight hours a day. It's like it's like an unrealistic sort of crazy expectation. So. You know, so, so you know, not so showing like this thing that's like almost like a necessity for people at an individual level and as a uh, society. You know, corporate jobs in some form uh, to show that they're not that bad. Um, I guess it's another way of saying that that's the uh, that's the sort of con- that's the conservative that's the conservative message here, right? Um, Maybe I, I mean so if you wanted to, you you might be able to interpret this as it, it, it's it's nuanced right on the yeah. one hand there's this angle where it's saying it's not as bad as you might think because they're happy with it on the other hand you could take that a level deeper and say like it's bad that they're happy with it because it's shaped their desires it's shaped their interests uh, until these these people are aren't really fully complete human beings yeah. So, like the average. So no. I mean, when, when the cow, when the cow is raised, never seeing the sun, it doesn't know what it's missing. Yeah. I, I just think it's. I guess the more I think about sort of the view of like the average person, like just should just have like, you know, some kind of, you know, I guess they'd be sitting around like a, a Paris salon and like talking about like deep idea, you know, deep philosophical ideas. I, I just think that that's 
Like, what do people want from people? Like, what, what do you want from people? Like a person of a hundred IQ. Like, what do you want from them? I just want them to be happy. I don't think they're going to be a philosopher or an artist. Like, is that the is that the non normie? Is that sort of a is that like a far right wing take or is that like a realistic take? I don't know. You know, I'm thinking back to the lunch that Kim had, and it's kind of interesting because before she she spoke up, uh, the rest of them were actually having a conversation that I thought was kind of a bit more interesting than the others we'd seen in that life. Yeah. They, they, they were talking about different kinds of drugs and, and, and the, the hot drugs these days and all that. And then they bring it to Kim and Kim is like, Oh, let me just throw you guys some fluff about miracle lip and mayonnaise. And that's the kind of conversation you appreciate. Right. Uh, so it, yeah. it's kind of like they were having a more interesting conversation and Kim through looking down on them through them, like th this boring stuff about well, mayo and miracle. In a way that I don't think Kim would have found interesting. They were they they were like they were talking about it a very dumb way. Like you know they, they you know how like it's like it's like a mockery of sort of 1980s like uh, war on drugs sort of housewives. Oh, did you hear about this new thing ecstasy? I heard that I uh, you know they 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 take pacifiers. Is it strange? And a like I think it was like, like Kim would not have enjoyed that conversation. Like the mayonnaise is at least like is not as stupid as that, right? Like mayonnaise. Really? Well, I guess it's a matter of taste then. Like I, I was kind of interested. They were like, "Yeah, these guys. What happens? How do you get a? Do you get like an adult man just walking in buying a pacifier? I mean, well, yes. Why, why would that happens? I, but anyway, I, I found that a kind of interesting conversation. You would have. Con I would have changed the subject from there, like Kim did, and I think you would have continued talking to them about uh, drugs. I would have thought like this is going to be too stupid. They're going to think they know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. And it's going to be embarrassing. And let me, let me just go back to, you know, ice cream or, or something that, you know, we all can understand. But th there, there was this attitude I thought she had where she was like, Oh, let me tell you about miracle whip and, and Mayo and my great dilemma. You'll like that. Won't you? You like this slop. I don't, I don't know. Well, not that you like the slop. She's doing it for them, what they will like. I mean, I don't think she's that. I think she's doing it for herself. I think she, I think she wants to get away from – I think it's too inane for her. I think it's too inane, and she just is not – she's checked out, and then the mayonnaise thing is just sort of right in front of her, and maybe it's taking it back to the, to the metaphor. I, I don't think Kim is trying to – you know, uh, thinking they're getting over their head and like, or thinking they're going to get confused and like trying to bring them back down to mayonnaise. Like, I, I don't think that that's what was happening. So on the whole, just big picture, when it comes to corporate life, do you think this is a, a depressing or optimistic view? I think it's optimistic. Well, I go back to what we said. If if you're if you if you are taking it from the perspective of what is the maximum achievable with human nature, what is your utopia that's achievable? I think that it's a pessimistic view. Um, I think if your view is how much happiness or suffering there is in our system and and in the world, uh, I think it's more optimistic than your typical port portrayal. Um, so it depends on what you want. I don't have this feeling in me that wants everyone to be a philosopher. I, I just think it's unrealistic or, you know, everyone to be a philosopher or appreciation of deep, deep art. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with normies being normies. Um, and I think uh, there are worse. Okay. Than the Th that's the thing that I think that you kind of share the world's, the, the show's worldview that there are just a lot of normies and normies yeah. is what they are and all they could ever be. Yeah. And so that's, no, that's, that's where you and I might disagree. Oh, you think there are no, what do you think? There are no normies. I mean, I guess, uh, it's, it's not a category. I really think about much. Uh -huh. I, I guess most most things in human nature exist on a spectrum. So, I, 
I don't really think about normies. I, I, I suppose if you identify a bell curve for something, you will be able to, you'll be able to find pe the, yeah. the people in the middle of the bell curve. You could call them normies, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good way to look at it because I think what we're used to, I think what me and you are, we're highly educated. We deal with smart people. We deal with unusually smart people. We deal with a, a smart, interesting people that are a small slice of humanity. You agree with that, right? The people that you talk to and deal with. I think you're very interesting and very smart. Oh, thank and, you. Oh, <laughs> you too. Uh, thank you. I think most people I deal with. Aren't, aren't we truly the elite? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. it's people so, like you and I, Richard, like who are the real you. human beings who, who, who deserve the best of life yeah. and can appreciate the best of life. Yeah. These others, the people yeah. at the middle of the bell curve, yeah. what 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 need do they have of freedom? They, well, how could they use it? I think that's yeah. I think that's I think that's right. I think that's I think that's right. And so, what we we need we need to conceptualize. Like, if you are like uh, you know, it depends on what they, you know what they need. They need to be ruled. They need to know. They need markets. They need to go to their job and produce something and be happy and live their lives as, as they see fit. I'm happy with that. But the point is, the way you portray other people is depends on sort of where, where you know how you classify the rest of the world. Is so if you're three standard deviations here on one thing, you're going to see like when you're trying to understand humanity, they're going to be normies to you, whether it's intelligence, whether it's nonconformity. So that's like you know the people being anyone who's a critic is probably at least thinks of themselves as like unusually smart and talented. You know what you know whether they are or not. The most of the people we see in fiction that are being represented, and you know Br Breaking Bad Universe does a lot of. Do, uh, representing the normies, which makes it sort of unique, but but what it mostly focuses on, what most art mostly focuses on, um, is the outlier characters, the Walter Whites and the uh, Saul Goodmans and such. Um, and so it, it's uh, so the categories it makes sense because it's like we're we're trying to we're trying to conceptualize what is the norm of humanity, and we are outside the norm, and we're used to dealing with people outside the norm, and we're used to um, dealing with uh, fiction, understanding fiction that's dealing with uh, unusual characters. Yeah, you agree with the show. You just agree with the show more than I do about, like, I think this is part of its fatalistic view of human mm -hmm. nature. This is, uh, we've been seeing, it's been showing us for the most part, the, the fates of the smart, bad people. Uh, and now it's applying its fatalism toward the normies. And, you know... Yeah, I, I don't, well, what, I don't yeah, really what, believe what, it. What are your, what is, what's your utopia if the normies became, uh, if they if they woke up one day? What, what what would they be like? What would their interactions be? What kind of ice cream would they eat? <laughs> so like I said, I, I think it's a legitimate question that, that smart and good, full human beings could have. What Whether you should have this, this, this vanilla or the strawberry. Uh, yeah. I, I, I excuse them on that conversation. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, I think people Misty, are capable of go ahead. more. I, I think people are capable of a bit more. That's just the impression I get from going out and talking to a lot of people. What would their lives look like for it to be more? I, I, don't, have, I don't have a category I call normie in my head. Uh, okay. But like if you just go out and talk to most people, I, I feel like they, they're more interesting than this episode seems to be saying. Sometimes they are, and you know, sometimes, sometimes they're not. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's categorically. Uh, and you know, a, a lot, a lot of like real people, real people, I don't think they would have much interest in the Miracle Whip versus Mayo 
debate? Uh, I think they, I think they would. I think they, I think that, you know, there's, there's people who have hobbies that are very, um, yeah, mayonnaise versus mirror. Maybe that's an extreme. Maybe getting excited about vanilla. Maybe that's a bit of a caricature. But people do talk about food and what they got from the grocery store. And football, I mean, football, I think, is a big one here. They make small talk, okay? Everybody makes small talk in the office. But I think this episode is trying to suggest to us that who people are when they make small talk is who they really are for the normies who aren't the great geniuses like like the true appreciators of the show. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You you know what's a mark of uh, having a high IQ? appreciating this show that's who's smart the fans of better call again i hope my one of my dreams is vince gilligan finds this podcast falls in love with it and said finally these guys these guys get it and then like comes on the comes on the show sometimes you know you know like look i i think like you and me and and the fans of the show we're we're like sniffing our own farts and liking the smell like when we're like oh yes this is how the the normies are we we are better I want to understand the normie. I want to understand them. I want a portrayal that is uh, that is not, you know, what I think is uh, unrealistic or, or, or crazy or or cynical about, you know, how much they're suffering or about the capitalist system. I want, I want the, I think the portrayal. I don't think you're. If you want to understand the normies, then you go out and you, you talk to people who you think are normies. Okay, I want, but I want to see our artistic depictions too. So the, you know, the. Um, uh, you, you think we're sniffing our own farts when we when we show the criminals behaving stupidly and destructively? Uh, no, but, but I think when it comes to this this aspect of showing this is how regular people, this is how people who are dumber and, and less human and le- less complete than us, this is how their lives are, and they like mm-hmm. it. But there are dumb people in the world. There are people who are dumb. Um, there are people who are very, you know, conformist in their outlook. I mean, then there are, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them that most smart people would, would care to think. And, and most you know, a, a lot of them that they, I mean, look, okay. IQ is a bell curve and <laughs> my, my IQ isn't especially high, by the way. <laughs> like, where'd you go to law school? Oh, I, I went to Yale, but look. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I probably had the lowest IQ of my class at Yale Law School. No, you did it. You're, you're, no, no. Tell me it's this, this is not a modesty thing. Like, my IQ was tested. It wasn't that high. Just as a matter well, of fact, the other people in the room the would have had higher you, IQs. You had a bad day. The court, you, you took the LSAT. You took the GRE. These are basically uh, IQ tests. Uh, uh, you're a small you know, I'm sorry. The, the I'm sorry. Is, I started to it to you. You know, people <laughs> have... People can be interesting, even if their IQ is a hundred. Their life, their life stories can be interesting. Sure. Their, their thoughts can be interesting too. Sure, the Salamancas are interesting. Well, some, maybe only by being criminal, Salamancas are interesting. And some of them have IQs of one hundred or lower. I think that might be that might be sort of the, yeah. I, I, I can can they be, you know, can they be intre- Can they be law abiding and dumb and interesting? Is is they. <laughs> I guess a, a passive. I think maybe you're maybe you're right. You're selling me a little bit uh, on this idea, but like they don't have to be interesting to you. Like, but this whole thing has like they're not interesting. To, like, if their world is like you know football is the most interesting thing in the world, and vanilla ice cream is the most, like you're like you're sitting there and you're like they're not interesting to me. They're not, they don't have the depth. Well, see, here, here's here's a, here's an example. Here's an example. So you're not a sports fan, right? You would just call I it sports. A little, I meet you a little bit, so I don't look down on the people who like football. I, I actually do watch the. Uh, when I used to have time, I watched. The you know, it, it's kind of clear 
that that the the writers are not sports fans. And uh, somebody pointed this out in a comment, I think, on uh, one of the YouTube YouTube clips of mm-hmm. the, the time when it when uh, Jimmy is running his Cinnabon Cinnabon scan with the security guards. The guy uh-huh. is like, "This is the worst football conversation that I've ever heard," and it's pretty obvious. And th- this is this ties into what I'm what we're talking about right now. It's it's pretty obvious that the writers are not actually football fans. They just have this image in their head of like, oh, here's what it sounds like when <laughs> normies talk about college football. And it, it's all pretty banal. Yeah, and, and so they just take this caricature of normal people and they, and they put that on the screen. This is what they do. They talk about football and they say, Martinez. And then the other guy's like, I know, right? Okay, <laughs> but, I know, the conversations I can be much more interesting about about something like football or usually for me it's basketball uh, yeah. i have a lot of interest in these conversations i have with normies about basketball yeah yeah but i you know i think if you went to a sports bar and you just listened to like random conversations you know you might be surprised at how much how many do sound like oh that guy sucks oh that was a great kick i mean you, you might be surprised at how simple a lot of the, the conversation uh well, is in my experience in my experience, when it comes to something like talking about sports, uh, most people, how interesting the conversation with them comes more down to how interested they are in sport, the sport, than how smart they are. I think it's both. I think it's clear. I think it's, it has to be both. I, I don't think it's. I don't think your eighty IQ, you're going to have great insights into into sports. I'm sorry, maybe okay, not. Okay. Even. So Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump is probably he is who he is. Uh, but <laughs> even still. I, I probably enjoy talking to Forrest Gump. I would too. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, you would not enjoy talking to those. Actually, you would not enjoy talking to those uh, uh, people at Waterworks. I would, I would, I would enjoy talking to them about ice cream. I, I would, I would have looked down on them. I, I would have had a blast uh, t- having that conversation about drugs with them. <laughs> I would, I would think that drugs was above that. I would have gone back. I would have been like him. I would have got to the ice cream, which is something I enjoy. You don't really believe you have a low IQ, though, do you? Or you don't even believe you're not close to. You know, you're not close to average, right? Well, I think IQ is a limited measure. Uh, Fine. And I, I think that it, it does correlate with some life results, and so yeah, it's yeah, not so a I, useless I, I, measure. I the definition of IQ. I, I said you don't believe that you are. You are lower. You're 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 at least you know you you know you're high, right? You know you're usually high. Whatever this thing is. I mean, like I, I've got good degrees, so I guess I guess I must be smart. But you're you 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 meet the you also meet the uh, the um, the uh, the sort of uh, colloquial definition of what we mean when we say smart. That well, covers it's you. not really something. It's not really something I think about that much as I get older. Like when I was a teenager, I thought a lot about who was smart and how smart they were, including myself. Uh, but the, the older I get, the less the less I care about all that. Really, I feel like, it, I feel like it's with people who have like a lot of money are like, oh, I, I, I think very little about money. Like, yeah, I mean, you're right. not, you're not- the, this show, the, the worldview this show is expressing about about the normies. You know, in part, I, I call them the normies because that's what that's what I might have called them in high school. It's yeah. kind of a a uh, elitist, simplistic view of other people. I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is yeah. This is a this is an interesting conversation. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. You want to? I want to move on. You want to move on to something else? Or you have anything more to yeah, say yeah, about that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think, there, there must be some other stuff we we haven't talked about that we wanted to talk. About. Well, for the conversation, but it's it's interesting. I love that this show leads us down these paths. Um, the uh, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up last week and I forgot. Um, remember when we talked about like the optimistic portrayal about you know the legal profession and law enforcement that we see uh, through the uh, Breaking Bad franchise. Um, the, the I thought that was very interesting when Victor was talking to that stock, uh, whatever, what is he, a stockbroker, investor, I don't know, whatever he is, the last, the guy with cancer. Um, and he's like, he's like, uh, Victor's like, oh man, isn't, like, isn't, isn't that stuff all a scam, you know, whatever. And then the guy is like, oh no, Madoff's, you know, they're, they're the, they're the exception. You know, even, so even like, you have to be you know, very sort of, conservative to even think that like finance is actually good that is like a very i think an un- unusual perspective to get and i think that that's like yeah, what i'm getting from that thing is like this is how jimmy sort of jimmy is talking like he thinks a normal person is, talks but also sort of the way he sees the world which is everybody is just screwing everybody and this guy who is actually in finance is saying my experience is everyone is good and this guy himself is good um and jimmy is doing awful things to him um yeah i found that interesting and i I thought it was in in line with a lot of the other you know the legal profession and the other things we talked about yeah yeah it it, it is kind of like that and and that is the one way in which the show has has not been overly pessimistic in my view you know we talked about this at the beginning how the show takes a very cheery view of most lawyers and the the profession itself it's like this is noble work and, and most lawyers are are officers of the court and see themselves that way in some sense. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right that it does seem to be expressing a similar kind of view of that uh, about uh, financial advisors and, and bankers. From yeah. that guy, at least. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, there's not a lot new here, but it's just a confirmation of... It's 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 easy. It's like law enforcement, but it's like there's different levels. So like law enforcement, positive portrayal, you get a lot of that in art. I don't think that that's that unusual. Legal profession is like maybe a little bit more rare. Finance, like that is just, you know, that is just a really a sort of a nonconformist, you know, piece of art to uh, to take that perspective. And it's not a huge part of the show, but I think that's sort of the uh, that's the message from that scene. Yeah. The uh, okay. Uh, what else happened this week? Did it, Jeff, uh, Jeff, the Jeff thing that crashes car. Yeah. You were right. You called it perfectly. Actually that the, the, what's that? The woman named Miriam is gonna, was going to be, uh, Jimmy's, uh, undoing. Yeah. Um, because he totally underestimated her. He, he thought she was a normie. Yes. That she was, he was more interesting. You're right. Yeah. He Google. Yeah. Uh, well, this is, I mean, this is, so, so this is her personal life. This is her, like, maybe she was like, if you saw Miriam, whatever, when she, whenever, whenever she had a, whatever her career was, when she was working, if she had a job, uh, you would have seen her um, maybe behaving like those normies or maybe a little bit more, you know, whatever, maybe a little bit more interesting, but okay. Yeah. When, when it came down, when the chips were down, she could behave in a sort of honest and, and, you know, noble and, 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 and uh, you know, cunning, cunning fa- fashion and um, strong and strong she was just yes. stronger than he ever expected yes strength yes so yeah you no, know but really uh, interesting that that moment we talked about at the end it's kind of weird that he just gives the life alert back to her and then she presses it, it, it and it, it's like he he could have chosen some middle path right he he could have Stopped threatening her without just giving her back the life alert. He could have like taken it away from her or something and, and then just left her alone. Mm-hmm. 
He but could have. He would have, had, he would have had to take her phone too. He would have had to take. Well, he had the wire. He had the. Uh, he had the cord. He could have taken the phone. So he would have had it, no way for her to call the police, or he could have saved. Could have got him a few minutes head start. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's like he just gave up, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He had to think fast. Like she, she would have gone to the neighbor. Like he had to commit. If he really wanted to immobilize her, he would have had to commit serious violence. He would have had to tie her up or something. I don't think he he wanted to do that. He could have, like, you know, put her behind by a few minutes by yeah. lesser means. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't worth it. Maybe it was too uncomfortable, uncomfortable for him. I mean, this is all in the context of him wanting, sort of wanting to get caught. Right. Um, so he's, he's conflicted. Obviously he's like grabbing the phone and stopping her from calling. He like, he wants to get caught, but he like, doesn't want it to be too obvious to himself. Like he wouldn't admit it to himself. So if he sees her grabbing the phone, he will grab the phone too. If he sees her. If he's the yeah. option to give her back her thing, which she might use or she might not, um, maybe he gives it back to her and he feels bad for her. Well, he, no, he, he, he's torn. Uh, I, I think on his deepest level, all he wants is to self-destruct. Uh, yeah. And so then, you know, it's kind of like he can't, he can't bring himself to kind of... He can't bring himself to quickly self-destruct. And so he's instead locking himself into a self-destructive pattern of behavior that is going to force his hand yeah yeah so she uh, i googled i googled yeah con man i uh albuquerque in your face yeah he seems like he's pretty famous i mean to be uh yeah you know i I thought it was a a big mistake i was kind of raising my own eyebrows in the conversation where he started talking in so much detail about the different the legal differences and like bond law in albuquerque and, and omaha yeah like yeah, that was a big I, red flag. That that was a big red flag. And that set her off. That she she changed when she heard that at that moment. And this was uh this was Jimmy was too slick for that. And old Jimmy was too slick for that. You see him self, you see him just the way he self-destructs is he becomes less careful. Um he becomes just less good less good at you know being Jimmy, being uh being a, a criminal, right? Um the same thing with the same thing with the cancer guy. Uh, same thing when he just you know had the, with that funny scene where he just leaves. He says, "Okay, we're gonna go talk to them. We're gonna go talk to you know Jeff now." Um, yeah, this is this is all part of the the self destructiveness. So, yeah. Um, okay. Anything anything else uh, about this week's show before we talk about what we want to or what we expect next week? Uh, no, I, I think that we 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 covered the, the big points. I think. Okay, so you know what? What, what are you? Uh, you know, you got some of what you wanted this week. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping for this week? Next so week. So I, I want to see. I do want to see Kim come back. I, I want to see her story continue. Uh, yeah, let's do. So I, I guess. I guess first I'll try to think of like what will happen. It, it seems like one thing that will happen is Jimmy will get caught. You know. Or he could, I mean, he could die in a crowd. Like he could die somehow or, or something. He, he doesn't have to get caught, right? He'll get caught. Well, but I, I think most likely he'll be caught. Uh, and part of it is just this, this started out as a show about lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. I think it would kind of be nice and fitting if it ended in a courtroom. Doesn't, yeah. Wouldn't that seem kind of artsy and poetic and also justified? For it to end yeah. in a courtroom, like it. Well, nobody. Well, I, we've said this before. Nobody in the series has ended up in jail. Everyone is dead, or in Jesse's case, um, so you know, somewhere you think one person would end up in jail. No one, no one ever has. 
Um, it's sort of anticlimactic, but it would be sort of a sad. What was his crime, by the way? He was a. Uh, what, what did he go on the run for? They called Walter White, and they just knew he was like his. He was sort of his. Uh, he, you know, I'm wondering if he's going to go to jail. Really, you know how how much time is he uh, facing for that? Walter White was. Oh, it would probably be a lot of time. I don't know if it would be life. Uh, yeah. I, I guess he'd be, he'd be involved in the conspiracy uh, that ended up killing federal agents. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's screwed. Yeah, there's a lot. You connect to Walter White. Yeah, there's uh, that's 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 how they how do they how did they do do you have a recollection here how they collect, connected the dots with uh, Saul Goodman and Breaking Bad? How who connected Saul to who? How, why is he on the run? Like, what was the thing that made them say, okay, Saul Goodman's like we got to go arrest him? I, I think it's just I don't know if we're specifically told, but I think it's just kind of known that if they found Walt. Then, then it's not hard to find out that Walt is connected to Saul. Yeah, but what do they know about what do they what do they know about? I mean, he's just his lawyer. What what is he? I don't know. Um, okay, we assume we assume for our purposes, we assume he's got uh, he's got a serious. Um, oh, by the way, let's uh, uh, yeah, let's talk about Jesse Pinkman. By the way, real real quickly, um, that was interesting. Was this? Was this a scene from the? Sh- was this supposed to be like a specific date that was on that we saw in Breaking Bad? Because he says, "My boys," and they're uh, um, Emilio or whatever. Who Emilio, yeah, Crazy Eight. That's crazy. That's crazy. So this was um, wait. Also, oh, Crazy Eight. This is before. Uh, this is bef- this is before Walter, right? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Signing- I mean, yeah. yeah this, this is this is before Walt, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess this is this is when. This is the moment when Jesse learns that this guy is a real criminal lawyer. Uh, I, I guess Jesse probably went there with Crazy Eight, right? Well, I mean, outside. that is Crazy Eight we see walking into the office, right? Uh, or is that not? Is that somebody else? No, Crazy know. Eight is the. It doesn't have tattoo. You talk about the tattooed guy. Oh, you know, I think I'm I'm thinking of two separate people right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, is Crazy Eight Emilio? Uh, is is that? Uh, do you know that for sure? You know what? I'll just have to refresh my memory. Uh, I, I've gotten gotten one meth head mixed up with another at some point. Uh, uh, but anyway, th- this is this is when I guess Jesse first gets the idea uh, that that Saul is a criminal lawyer. Yeah, or he, well, he, yeah. So Crazy Eight is not named named Emilio. I mean, his name is Domingo. Um, right. So uh, Emilio. Breaking Bad is let's see who is Emilio. I mean, oh, Emilio is that guy, skinny, uh, the skinny guy. They call him Skinny something, don't they call him? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, but skinny Pete. Him, do they call him Pete? Well, I don't know. The skinny, the skinny somebody. That's Skinny Pete. Yeah, Skinny, uh, Skinny Pete is uh, Emilio is Skinny Pete. Oh really? Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, so, so is that, he's the guy oh, that Jesse is talking about in this episode? Yes. But he never got it. Did he? He never got into. Did he? He never had a legal problem in Breaking Bad. It was something before, must have been before because I don't think Skinny Pete was ever in legal trouble. Um, it's nothing that we were shown. I yeah, think. yeah. I think this has to be before because we had that. Remember when uh, uh, Jimmy calls Kim? And then he goes, you know, there's uh six, there's six uh, year, you know, there, it's been six years, and so Breaking Bad, we found out, took two years, 
Um, wait, wait. So uh, Skinny Pete, his name is just Peter. He's got nothing to do with Emilio. Uh, what am I? What am I? Jesse okay, was I'm talking like, about somebody named Emilio, right? Emilio is uh, Emilio Coyoma is Jesse Pinkman's original partner in the meth business before he began his partnership with Walt. Oh, that was no, you're right. That was Emilio. He's like this Asian looking dude, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's that guy. Okay. So Jesse was yes, talking meth. Like I was walking into the office. Yeah. Yeah, he was walking to the office. I think that was him. Okay, um, so 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 Jesse was probably cooking meth with Emilio at this time. Yeah, and this so this was before Walt. So we do we do know there is a, a period between the end of Saul and the beginning of Breaking Bad because J Breaking Bad lasts two years, um, and Jimmy calls Kim and says it's been six years. So there had to be four there had to be a four year gap. So in that time, they signed the divorce papers. Uh, Jimmy uh, Jesse gets to know who uh, uh, Saul Goodman is. He, you know, has some legal trouble with uh, Emilio. Okay, so it all sort of s s makes sense. I thought we were. I thought we were blending in between Breaking Bad. I thought they were like simultaneously the end of Breaking uh, Better Call Saul and the end of Breaking Bad. But apparently, there's uh, there's four years there of Saul Goodman being Saul. I guess which makes sense. He needed time to build himself up and become like you know the biggest man in Albuquerque. Like he's like a big yeah. local celebrity. So he needed time uh to do that but anyways uh pinkman pinkman looks old i mean he looks he looks just jesse pinkman it's you know looks looks old he's uh he, but that was a good line with kim like you know is he any good you know he was he was when i when i knew him <laughs> yeah that was pretty a little good. on the nose but i'll allow it yes i i i'll, I'll allow it yeah uh and she was um uh yeah, and I, I don't remember. I mean, I think it's yeah, it's fine. You thought there was going to be a, a, a tie-in with the Breaking Bad uh, from the plot. No, we're just getting character stuff. They yeah, it's, it's all just character development. Hey, don't you like Jesse? We'll we'll show show you a scene with Jesse and Kim. You'll love that. Mm -hmm. Two characters you like interacting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it could have been it could have it could have been a plot twist. It could have been like she thought, yo, 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 you're his wife. You know, you were his wife. Like he could have been somehow that could have came up and he could have figured that out and that could have changed like the sort of the uh to him she's just she's just some, you know, random woman. And so it's uh, you know, it doesn't have any influence on how we see breaking bad. So you're right. I think it's just I think this is just sort of which is fine. I mean, they're not they're not wasting tons and tons of time on it, right? Sure. N nostalgia. Nice emotion, sure. Yeah, why not? And they're giving us something, you know. They're giving us, yeah. You know, the the scene was worthwhile. I mean, because you're seeing, you're seeing just like he's 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 shut off. Like how you know how broken he is when he saw how shut off he is. Teddy Hubert. Like even Kim has no, you know, he has all he can do is he has this facade. This you know this character. Right. This character. This it, character. It's pretty obvious though, and it, it kind of makes me wonder. Makes me wonder how he exactly he was trying to hurt Kim. You know, on a superficial level, he was just trying to play ordinary tricks to hurt Kim. Like, oh, I've got more money than you. Doesn't that suck for you? Or, you know, like, oh, let me ask you about Florida. Psych, I don't give a shit about Florida. You know, you know, like juvenile stuff. But, yeah. you know, on a deeper level, maybe Saul was trying to, maybe Jimmy was trying to hurt Kim by showing her what she had done to him, what she'd make it made him become. Maybe that was the real play to hurt her. Yeah. Yeah. Like this I, is what you made me. This is who you made me. This yeah. is who I'm going to be now. 
Right. It's like, oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah, no, it's it's something. It's like this garish, like this ugly sort of universe he's created where he's, you know, the, the sort of the king of, uh, you know, the the king of the, you know, this uh, <laughs> just a very, you know, very aesthetically unappealing, you know, amoral, like grubby. Yeah, exactly. It's everything. He's showing her the whole, like he had her come down there to, he must have told her to come down there to sign the papers. He didn't make her... Uh, uh, you know, he didn't make, he didn't go somewhere else and, and meet her. You're right. And so he, and he's telling her, you know, I don't, yeah, you're right. Like I, I, I was more simple minded. I was like, Oh, he's just showing her that he doesn't care about her, but no, it's deeper than that. He's showing her that he's, he's become something ugly. Uh, thanks to her leaving him. Yeah. And you know, uh, now that I like voiced the theory, I think that really might be what's going on here because Jimmy and Kim, they know how they, how each other think. And so I think that maybe on some level, this is how he's actually trying to hurt her. And it, it probably worked. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that makes sense. Um, okay. So yeah. Um, we, I wanted to talk about the Pinkman scene. So, um, okay. So like, what's, um, what is, uh, well, so what's going to happen next week? What do we want to happen? What's going to happen? No, I say that we, we go into a courtroom with Jimmy on trial. Like, you know, I, I'm not like that sure about it, but I think it's a, it, it's the best guess I have. So I, I am confident he'll be caught. You know, it, it, in his vast arsenal of skills, he hasn't shown us any ability to actually uh, escape from the police and the feds in a situation like this. Uh, so I think he'll be caught. I, I think he'll end up in a courtroom at some point, And I think the show will choose to show us his time in a courtroom. Uh, because that would be both fitting and justified and kind of artistic and thematic, you know, returning, return, returning Jimmy and probably Kim to a courtroom uh, where in some sense he's in his element. And I think, I think there's a decent chance we get some, we get some great dramatic speech from, from Jimmy uh, where he's firing off about why he did it and all that. Maybe he'll confess. That's 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 good. That's good. I was thinking maybe it may this wouldn't be that compelling. I thought it might be. So you saw? Did you see the preview where like it's like a wrecked car? I thought it might be some like artistic thing. You remember when the, him and Mike were in the desert and like you know they're doing that? I thought it might be some kind of hip trying to survive, and that could be like the whole episode. And then he just dies. I mean, he could die at the end, or something could happen. You're right. So like it's you know there's easy that's one possibility i think they they don't do that because then it's too predictable because then if the whole hour is him trying to survive in the wilderness or something um you know he's gonna die and then you don't have time for a trial i think he has to be caught um and then he has to go to trial. i think that's right and we've never had that we've never had this in any yeah, and what? And Kim could go to jail too. And Kim and they could they could both be in jail. They could they could. You remember the parallel lives thing where they show them each of them waking up and brushing their teeth. Like, uh, remember those? Are, they could do that in jail. And he's in the men's prison, and she's in the women's yeah. women's prison. Uh, you know, I think I, I think uh, early on you predicted that this might end with uh, Jimmy finally in jail. Yeah. I think that that's looking more likely right now. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, there's jail and there's death. I mean, well, and, and I then heard? he's going to become like king. You know, king of the courtyard in jail. Yeah, become the king then. And then a few, and then it's, and then it goes back to color because that's where he really belongs. That's that's where Chuck knew he always belonged. Yes, but it goes back to color, and he's happy. He's happy in there. Like I'm kind of believing this as we flesh it out. I'm kind of believing it. (laughs) 
and yeah. the color part too. You're gonna bring back the color. That you need that. You need the color. And then Kim, Kim is in jail, but it's 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 black and white. It stays black and white forever. Maybe I, I'm not not as sure about that part. Who, who knows? But I, I like the idea of it doing the return to color once he's back in jail. Yeah, <laughs> and eventually, yeah. They can, they're not going to show us him as an old man because they they don't have the budget we've realized for uh, uh, for changing people's ages. So maybe they've saved it all. Maybe they have one budget of him at eighty years old. He gets out of jail finally, and he's on his uh, his deathbed, looking back at all the scams. I, um, I think maybe it will be bittersweet because it'll show us him in jail, caught the end of all his schemes. But then somebody will approach him. There will be some problem. It'll give us an extended jail scene. There'll be some problem. He'll get a, an idea on running some scam in jail to solve the problem. And then slowly the, co- the color will come back into his life because yeah. this is always who he was. And now he's in his element. Now yeah. he's where he belongs. Yeah. He's going to be a celebrity. He's going to be a celebrity. Now. I mean, the, the story is going to get out. This is going to be like something that'll be made documentary. The Walter White. So all this stuff is public now. Kim has told the whole story. That makes me think that there'll be like movies and TV series is made up, made about this. And uh, Walter White, the story is known. This you know, this guy who becomes a big. Uh, so Walter White's story is known. The Kim and the Saul story is known. That's it's all connected. People are going to be able to put it all together. And that that's that seems like that would be a. Uh, uh, that seems like it would be a um, that would give a meaning. I mean, it seems like it would give him. You know, he likes this idea of sort of being a celebrity and center of attention. Maybe he's you know is sort of you know his uh, you know there's part of him that wants to be sort of liked and admired for his cleverness, and now he might get that on a scale beyond you know any even if he's in jail, anything um, yeah. he would have imagined before. So maybe he, that's he'll get the, he'll get the fame he wants too. Uh, he'll get he'll get the influence and respect he wants within jail, and he'll get the fame he wants outside of jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that is that is cool. Well, that's that's interesting. I you know it seems too neat. I don't like that we can predict it. I wanted to. I want there to be a twist. So I I like that. I like that we wrote a good ending. Um, mm-hmm. But I hope they I hope they throw something uh, else, or maybe not. Maybe that's just so good. You can't beat the back of the courtroom with Kim having to testify. You'll uh, become slipping Jimmy again. Fine <laughs> in jail. <gasps> oh man. All right. Well. This was fun, Chris, and uh, yeah, I will see you after the finale. One more episode.